Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Consulting with Authority. This is your host, Scott Cantrell, joined today by a new friend, Paul Conley. Uh, Paul is a business and success coach, has a firm called Life Work Balance Coaching, and also has a podcast by the same name, Life Work Balance. So I would encourage you to definitely uh, take a listen to his podcast, Life Work Balance. Paul, thank you so much for carving out some time and joining me today. Uh, It's my pleasure. Thanks, Scott. Good. So uh, let's jump right in. I always like to ask my guests kind of how they got started. I don't know that any of us uh, start out as kids saying, oh, I want to be a, you know, a, a business and success coach when I get older. So tell us a little bit about your origin story into this world. Well, it's funny. I always wanted to be in coaching. I just anticipated being Bobby Knight on the sideline, chairs <laughs> and yelling at officials and um, come to find out that, you know, working in uh, I wanted to work in collegiate basketball. That was my goal. I wanted to do that. And I found out very quickly that I'm a not willing to work at uh, zero income, which right. yeah. for a couple of years. And I didn't really relate well to college athletes. I was not a college athlete. I'm at best at very best, like the last guy off the bench of a recreation team. <laughs> so, but I always loved coaching. And uh, developing people and really trying to take what's in somebody and making it their best self. Uh, from Ohio, grew up, you know, in the snow and the cold and small little town. And, you know, you, you just went to work every day. You came home, you ate dinner, you watched TV and you did it again. Hmm. And, that, and I, uh, I decided, you know what, we're going to do something a little different. I'm in Tampa, Florida, because there is no winter. It's beautiful here. And uh, I've had a long career with the YMCA and mm-hmm. got to lead different, you know, business ends of it, uh, million dollar businesses and within, you know, all the different staff teams. I, I found that the number one thing I enjoyed doing is developing people. And, you know, I decided, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Um, started the business about a year ago with the premise that life has to come before work. And when it does, it's not that you're lazy or you're not doing work. Your business actually grows in ways that you could have never imagined. That's excellent. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think that's an interesting point. You know, it's so easy as business leaders, entrepreneurs, you know, independent professionals like we are, like the folks who are listening and watching are, it's so easy for work to drive our life, right? It's so easy for that to be primary because we think of work as our livelihood. It's the reason we're able to live the life we want to live. And there's some truth to that, to be fair. At the same time, um, I totally buy into what you're saying, and I agree with it, is that um, our life should dictate our work as opposed to our work dictating your life. When you're working with someone, or how does that come about? How do you start to strategize or think about that? Because I know it's, and I've I still fall into this trap of saying, I really want to do this thing in life, or I really want to uh, uh, focus on this hobby or learn this new skill or travel more, or whatever it may be. And then I say to myself mentally, sometimes I articulate it out loud, oh, I can't do that because the nature of my work won't allow it. Um, so whether that's a belief or just an internal monologue or something that I'm saying out loud as an excuse to someone else, um, I find myself still falling into that trap. So what kind of, I guess this is as much mindset as it is anything, but then there is a practical application of it. So maybe just speak to any or all of that that you would like. Yeah, absolutely. I think to address the last point first, because it's one of the core principles that I believe in. I think if you take the word can't hmm. out of your vocabulary, so many people say that like, oh, you can do, listen, I can't dunk a basketball. That's not, <laughs> Okay. That's that's something that I physically have a limitation to be. I'm not. I can't be seven foot tall. That yeah. that we you know there are some of those things, but whenever you can do this, remove I can't do this, and instead say I choose to, and this mm-hmm. works in whatever you're doing. So there's people that that uh, work their nine to five and they hate it and they hate it every day. And they say they can't do this. They can't do that because of whatever they're feeling. At the end of the day, you have complete autonomy of your choice. Well, people say, well, I can't, I can't quit my job. 
Well, sure you can. You can do anything you want to do. Now, <clears throat> there's a consequence. Right. Sure. You know, you're, you're, you would have to figure out income, you know, or figure out, you know, you have to be comfortable with living a different lifestyle, but you can do it. So when you are able to shift to, I choose to do this versus I can't do X, Y, Z, it's definitely a mindset shift. But the overall process really starts with the individual. Every individual is unique and has different areas where they need to to work on. I first believe that you have to give yourself, and this is almost true with everybody, you have to be able to give yourself permission to do and lead the life you want, not what the world has taught us to to expect. Mm -hmm. I'll give an example here. I'm working with a, a CEO of a business right now who he's the CEO. He makes the decisions of what he does, when he does it. He's the CEO and owner of the business. Okay. I asked him, where are you your best? Because his job isn't to work a certain amount of hours. It's to bring value and grow the business. That's, that's his job. And he said, well, I'm my best when I get a great night's sleep. I get up in the morning, I exercise, I meditate, and I plan out my day. I make better decisions. I have more energy. I am more fluid in my job. Things flow better. And I said, well, why don't you do that every day? That seems pretty simple. He said, well, sometimes clients want to meet at 8 a.m. or I have employees that want to talk at 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or whatever, and I accommodate that. I said, well, stop doing that. (laughs) I mean, because so now he has shifted to where he has a morning meeting every morning from seven to nine mm-hmm. itself because his job is to bring value to people, not to bring time on their schedule. He has to take control of his schedule and, and his business is already in a few short weeks starting to, to grow because of this decision. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's a good, that is a very good example because so often the, the word or the words can't usually are revolving around our perception of how we are expected to, or how we believe we have to allocate our time, right? It's usually less about our ability to do something or our, our, uh, our work ethic or our ability to, to take action. It's sometimes less about that or often less about that. Honestly, you know, a monetary investment, Certainly, there's some things that you can afford now, and there's certain things you can't afford now. That's like dunking the basketball. But ultimately, if you want to achieve something monetarily, there's a path to doing that, right? Yeah. And you can choose to go down that path. So oftentimes, I think, <clears throat> to your point, this replacement of I can't with I choose to really comes down to how are you going to allocate your time? Where where are your, it's, it's a priority question. Where are your priorities? And there's no, there's no, no judgment about what you choose. The key thing is the fact is the realization that you are the one choosing that thing. You're choosing that thing over everything else. Uh, otherwise, you would have made a different choice. <laughs> and so, but again, that's great. The, 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 this issue, you know, what you're saying, I think gets gets us back to this question of. Uh, I wrote an article many years ago, and the title of it was "Give Yourself Time to Decide What to Do with Your Time." And that's exactly what your client, what you empowered your client to do, right? To carve out that initial two hours, hold that time sacred for for himself so that he could make those decisions and take care of himself first so that he could then take care of everybody else. But it is ultimately a choice. And so often we let everybody else's agenda fill up our own schedules. So I hear you 100%. Let's talk a little bit about, I want to go a little bit further down that rabbit hole. And then I want to maybe take a step back and learn a little bit more about the work that you do in your business, but in terms of um, this idea of taking back control of your life and owning your life, owning, understanding this is your responsibility, whether you believe you can or can't, whether you use the words I choose to, and you know what your choices are, um, maybe speak to this idea of these, what are often, or what they often feel like are conflicting pressures between life and work. Um, And 
we know this, it's a cliche, but we all have only 24 hours in a day, right? It's a zero sum game. If I put an hour over here, I didn't put it over there. When you're working with clients, or again, maybe even in your own life, how do you how do you help them get clarity on their priorities? Maybe what are some of those strategies or steps that you work with them on in terms of, so they can be comfortable when they say, I choose to do this. How do you get them to a level of comfort with what comes after that? Sure. There's a very simple exercise that we do where on the left hand, I just piece of notebook paper, take, draw a line right down the middle of the page. On the left hand side, write down the priorities you have in life. Okay. People, it's health, family, friends, whatever. And then right. you're in there somewhere, but it's normally yeah. not. There. And then on the right-hand side, put how you spend your time. And typically how we spend our time is how we truly prioritize our life. Yeah. A lot of times we say our health is the most important thing in, in our life. And then we look at our week and our time spent and we maybe exercised once, maybe yeah. we, whatever it is, we didn't put our health first. We said we do because that's it makes us feel good when we say we do. Same thing with our family. You know, if if you're saying my kids and my my spouse or whoever is the most important thing in your life, but you routinely are picking work or other parts of your life over them, it's really not. And, and then from there, what I always encourage people to do is take a blank piece of paper or Excel sheet, put all the hours of the day and start with a blank schedule. How would you spend every hour of your, of your life? You can do it however you want. There is no, there is, everything has a choice, of course. Right, if you right. have a job that says you get to be there from nine to five, you have two choices. You either go from nine to five or you change that job. Yeah. You know, so it all depends on how bad you want these things. And a lot of times I always ask people too, as a, as kind of that third layer, okay, yeah, your work is important, no doubt. Everybody's work is very important. But if they stop paying you, would you stop going? 98% of people say, yeah, I, I think I'd stop going. Well, so basically what you're saying is that whatever you're getting paid is more valuable than your health, than your family, etc. Well, yeah. Um that's great. I mean, like you said, it's a simple exercise, but it 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 um, creates an incredible amount of clarity. Uh, I mean, those answers are black and white. Your your stated priorities and goals are your stated priorities and goals. Now, how you really feel how you really feel about them will be dictated by the action you're taking or not taking. Um, and 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 then it's really just about aligning those things, right? So either either. Your actions stay the same and you have to reorient your priorities or you your priorities are what they are. Your goals and priorities are what they are and you choose to change your actions. But as the saying goes, if you don't change, you know, no change, no change. So one of those two things, once you make that, once you go through that very simple, very clear exercise, you're going to know either these have to be reoriented or these have to be um, you know, abided by. So uh, I think that's, that's a really, really it gets to the heart of the matter very, very quickly. If you want to really, so, you know, you get to the heart of the matter, you've got the knife kind of, you know, it, if you really want to twist it a little bit, <laughs> start changing when you say, I don't have time Yeah. to it's not a priority. Right. Yeah. When you say, you know, if you say something like, oh, we didn't have time for a date night this week. Most people just nod their head and they keep moving. Yeah. Try saying to your spouse, date night's not a priority to me. because, And we're not going to have it this week. Yeah. 
good luck on that one. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 right. And and of course, to be fair, we're not talking about uh the 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 week where the world falls out from underneath you oh, you're yeah, experiencing a tragedy or you know you know there there are life does life and work does get in the way from time Absolutely. to time and we have to make concessions that's not what we're talking about we're talking about on the day-to-day living your life uh you can choose to stay in the routine or rut that you have if and if you're completely fulfilled and content with where you are and what you've achieved and what you're achieving and the work you're doing, then those two sides of that page are probably in alignment, right? Yeah. It, it reminds me of uh, school. Okay. 90% is an A. That's all, all we need is an A. There you go. Right. Yeah. There, there, like, for example, I am somebody who I, I can say this with confidence. I exercise every morning. Currently, as your listeners probably can tell, I have a pretty rough cold going on. I didn't exercise this morning. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that statement's untrue. Yeah. It means that, yeah, sometimes life, ha- you know, you're looking for 90%. Yeah. You know, where there is no 100%. If you're hitting all of your goals, 100% frequency, your goals are too easy. You yeah, that's it. Yeah. You, need to grow, you know, it's like, wow, oh, woke up this morning. Goal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's no, good. Again, so much of this is about understanding the perspective that you need to have if if you truly want to hit those objectives, achieve those goals, etc. So that's good. Um, let's talk about the nature of the work that you're doing. So really, I have three questions and we kind of bounce around on them. But I want to know, uh, we've talked a little bit about the what behind your business, and we've kind of gone into it a little bit. But I'd like to know about how do you, the nature of the engagement that you have with individuals or businesses that you work with, who, who are those people or businesses? Is there a particular kind of target group that you're aimed at? Um, and then the nature of your work, how, it, how is it specifically that you engage with them? Is it through virtual sessions? Is it direct, you know, phone calls, is, you know, kind of that. So what is, the, what is the work that you're doing? Who are you working with and how do you engage with your clients? Again, in so, any, any order, just kind of want to pro- profile your firm. Yeah. So I aspire to work with people like me five years ago. Okay. That's the person who is living at, you know, they're probably a six or a seven out of 10 and they want to be a nine or a 10 mm-hmm. and know they have it in them. They need direction, accountability. And really, truly, they need to be able to have the and develop the confidence that they can be a 10, that that life exists for them. They feel it in them. They need someone to help them take it to the next level. That's that's the reality. That's what that's who I work with. If gotcha. you want to be somebody that wants to just, you know, like there's there's people that work with. And I think they do a great job that, okay, we're going to get you from career A to career B. You're going to make $10,000 more annually. And, you know, that's your goal. That, that is awesome. That's not my, that's not my, right. my people. Gotcha. Like the people that I work with are trying to say, you know what? I want to, I want to control my life. Mm-hmm. And that can be a number of different ways. It can be, it's typically creating creating or growing a business or going from running the business to owning the business. And there's, you know, who do I help? Who do I primarily work with? Like I said, anybody that wants to put life first, move from that six to a seven to a nine or a 10. And then the, the business person, you know, the person that's looking to either start, grow, or change the way they run their business. And the change is typically where they're working the business. Mm-hmm. They, if they're not there at a certain time, the business doesn't operate properly. Right. They are, they are a business owner by definition, but by actuality, they are a employee of the business. Right. They the, don't want to do oftentimes the, the employee of the business, right? Yeah. 
they they don't want to do that anymore, but they are so in it, they can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. Sometimes the answer is so obvious to to an outsider that is removed from motion of it. Yeah. You'd be amazed by the things that people stay attached to, whether it's an idea, a concept, a lot of it's ego driven. Mm-hmm. That is one of the number one things. What will my friends think? What if this happens? What, you know, there's this thought that you have to work all day, every day. You have to grind quote unquote to have a successful business. It's just not true. And what I do is I help people figure that out. Um, the process is normally through either a three or six month process mm-hmm. where we meet weekly. And um, traditionally it's via Zoom because I like the human human interaction of being right. able to see. Like there's no greater feeling than when you say something or the, and really it's, it's an intriguing question that somebody then pauses and goes, huh? And they normally sit back in their chair and they kind of look up at the ceiling and it's like, wow, I just figured this out. Like something just clicked and it's awesome. I always, I also meet with some people in person or in my mm-hmm. phone, but primarily it's via zoom and it's, it's just the, my goal in life is to help people. And it's what I get to do every day. And it's, it's awesome. That's great. That's, and it's a great breakdown of the nature of the work you do, who you work for, and, and how you engage with them. So that's perfect. Um, and I just wanted to kind of give everybody who's listening and watching kind of an understanding for how your firm breaks down and, and uh, the again, profiling it, so to speak. You mentioned something that I wanted to tag on to, kind of going back to diving into your expertise to the benefit of the listeners and viewers here. And that is the, the magic E word, ego. Um, you know, as, as, as a business owner, sometimes as a business employee, right. I, I feel like I'm under the, uh, under the business sometimes, um, it's very, very easy, um, to link our self confidence, our self-esteem, our ego, uh, to how well our work is going, uh, how, you know, how many goals we're knocking off the list at work. Same thing for life, you know, personal life too, to be fair. But oftentimes we get, you know, in the competitive nature of business, we get tied up in that. When it when you are working with someone and it's clear that the key thing standing in their way is them, but specifically it's it, I guess it's always true. But the the key thing is is their ego. And whether that is whether they're not willing to take an action because they're afraid that they're going to be found out, right? There's an imposter syndrome thing going on yeah. um, or they're, they're maybe fearful of success, right? I'm not worthy of, of this next level of, I, I, it's my goal and I, I want to achieve it and I have every intention of achieving it, but subconsciously or somewhere down in there, I've got, you know, this baggage that's saying I'm not worthy of achieving it. When you start to identify those things, uh, and it's this ego piece, whether it's a sensitive ego or uh, a sensitive ego in the standpoint of a, a, a bold ego uh, getting in the way, what is some of the advice or or what types of conversations are you having with those individuals? And I'm I'm asking. I like to think that I keep my ego tempered, but I know I know that from time to time it it absolutely prevents me from achieving goals that I, that I would be achieving otherwise. So part of this question is, is selfish. Part of it is altruistic because I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, I would say that one thing right off the bat is if nobody knew of the result, okay, would you still do it? Meaning, you know, if in, I think of social media all the time, right? Yeah. If you were like, people post on social media and they want likes. If would they rather have a post that truly, and they, they never find out about it, but truly helps somebody like truly makes somebody's life better and gets zero likes or Hmm. that gets a hundred likes and everybody's saying, awesome, great job. You know, look at you. I wish I was you. If it's the latter, 
they probably are in that sense of ego. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, the other thing is, is it true? Whatever it is, is, is it true? A lot of times people will go into absolutes with their ego and it gets in the way of what is the reality. So somebody will say, uh, I, I can't uh, sell this product. Whatever mm-hmm. the is, I, nobody wants this. Or on the contrary, everybody. Is that true? Probably are, not. Right. Yeah. Are you sure that nobody? Oh, well, I mean, I guess sometimes they do. Those are the folks that they are trying, they are really, they're afraid of success. Like you mentioned, something's going on, whether it's, you know, all their buddies hang out and they all complain about their life. So you kind of want to like be, if you're happy, like you're not going to fit in the group anymore. Like if you're doing something different out of the mold, like they might not invite you to taco Tuesday. (laughs) That means something to you. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that might be the reality. You might be surrounding around yourself around people that go, you can't do that. Yeah. And then everything that you're trying to do from an ego standpoint is for others, you know, or or for yourself to show others when you're truly doing work that's egoless, you don't need other people to say good job, that a boy, whatever, you know, that you hopefully help somebody. Those are the people. And those are typically the most, the people that you'll notice there's a correlation the people that are most successful are normally the most generous without anybody knowing. Yeah. Yeah. That is often true. Well, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of colleagues, friends, mentors of mine and the ones I'm thinking of without exception fall directly into what you're saying. They're the ones that I perceive, you know, they have plenty to be proud of. If, if people were going to have egos, they have every right to have an ego. And I'm sure they do to some human extent, but, the, but the point is that's not how they, that's not how they lead. They don't lead with ego. They lead with value and they are, I'm thinking of about five different people right now in my head. Uh, and if you're listening, you know who those five, you know, you know who you are, um, but they're incredibly generous um, with their time, with their expertise, with their content, with their, with their empathy. Um, so I think that's a, that's a, incredibly insightful note. In other words, it gives us a signal. It gives us a signal for how someone is leading their business and themselves based on what are they willing to give up um, to help someone else. And you brought up a great point. Maybe they are listening. Maybe they do know. But I challenge you, Scott, to make sure they know. Ah. Message. Send them a message that just says, hey, this topic came up and I instantly thought of you. Thank you for the difference you've made in my life. Yep. I, I've done more of that in the last six months, thanking people, not so that I get anything. No. Right. So that that person, because you don't know, we, we assume so much about individuals. We have no idea what they're going through or what they're yeah. thinking. And sometimes the people who feel, appear to have it all together are are not doing great they need they need that not publicly right they need that wow i i helped somebody because that's at the end of the day that's the person that wants to provide value and help that's what they want to do that's the coolest thing when you have somebody from they haven't talked to in five years eight years ten years say you know you said something to me 10 years ago and you don't even remember are doing it and you just made an impact and you can do it positively or negative. It's good. Um, so I made a note, I challenge accepted, Paul. Uh, I made a note to do exactly that. So thank you for, thank you for taking it one step further. Uh, get, yeah, that's good. And so actually it brings me to another place that I want to go. And that is, um, in my life, and you've alluded to this a couple times already, but in my work life, in my personal life, 
the thing that drives me, uh, helps me, and simultaneously in the past, the thing I'm hyper aware now, because in the past, this same thing has hurt me, has harmed me. I've allowed it to. I made the choice. And I'm referring to relationships. Yeah. I'm referring to people that we you know, associate with, that we hang out with, that we listen to. Um, I, I can only assume that and you actually alluded to this a second ago when you were talking about, um, you know, social pressure or peer pressure around, am I going to be able to go to Taco Tuesday? And it was yeah. a small example, but it's, it's, that's the reality that we face every day is, is how willingly are we opening ourselves to social ridicule or criticism simply because we're holding fast to the priorities we want to achieve and the aligned actions that are required of us. And that can present a conflict in our lives, whether again, business, personal, both. Maybe speak to that a little bit in terms of managing, managing our relationships and, and how do you, what would you say to someone who has, you know, maybe relationships in their life and they don't have an awareness that those relationships may be part, ultimately it's their fault. Ultimately we're, we own, we own our, we get to make our choices, but maybe we're listening, we're, we're susceptible to that social pressure what guidance or, or advice might you give to those types of individuals related to how they think about or, or view their relationships? Well, I, I think that, that, you know, relationships are tricky because, you know, you'll have people that have been in your life for yeah. 20 years that were, you know, let's just say it's a best friend from high school or college or and whatever. And, they, and they're just living a different life than you. And maybe you're not as willing to spend as much time with them. But you know, at the end of the day, that if push come to shove, they'd be there for you in a heartbeat. You'd be there for them. And I think that those relationships are amazing to have. And we shouldn't ever be above those relationships. Yeah. However, when it comes to what we're trying to do or be in life, I always think of, you know, those with an opinion on something needs to have been there. You know, they need to have, if they matter, then it has to, to count for something. Mm -hmm. Like why do you, if, if, you know, there's always the person I, I'm a sports fan. So I always think of football. Like I'll sit there and watch a game and I'm not going to sit there and criticize the left guard for something because I've never been a left guard. Mm -hmm. But so many people do. Yeah. And I doubt the left guard is going to call me after the game and say, hey, how can I get better at this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we do that. We do that. We go ahead. And one of the hardest things is putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. I started writing about a year and a half, two years ago. And I was scared to death to publish my thoughts. It was the scariest thing in the world because. What if somebody didn't like it? Yeah. You know what happened? If I'm sure there's people that didn't like what I, I wrote, they didn't agree with it, whatever. I didn't know. Yeah. But I get a lot of feedback. Wow, this really helped me. So focus on the ones that that can benefit versus the ones that are, you know, quote unquote haters. I mean, yeah. we allow ourselves to be kept down by people that really aren't doing anything mm -hmm. they want to be critical and negative about anything that anybody's doing, but they're not doing anything themselves. Mm -hmm. Personally, what I like to do is I like to surround myself with as many people talking about things that I want to be doing. Right. You know, I, I aspire to have, um, different real estate holdings. Mm -hmm. So I talked with some of my buddies that are doing it. Yeah. I'm not going to ask my buddy who has a, an apartment that has no desire to get into real estate. Is right. it yeah. I'm not. So, you know, I, I think that there's so many times we take the opinions of others that don't matter. Yeah. So seriously. Yeah. They're, it, it doesn't matter what you do. Somebody's not going to like it. Yeah. 
That's right. That's right. And and to your point, the more you put yourself out there, the more likely that that criticism and ridicule will come. And and it's one of those things where that's okay. Just know that comes with the territory and that know that is an affirmation that you're having an impact. Um, you know, the other thing too, that I wrote down as you were talking is when it comes to relationships, every, uh, not everybody, but, but the right people have their place. So listen to trusted sources when they're an expert in that area, you can still yep. decide whether you take their advice or not, sure. but, the, but that's, that's who to listen to. If they don't have that practical experience in that area, then go to someone who does. Right. And, well, let, and let that other friend be the friend in, in the area of your life that where they can serve you the best. Uh, and, and then, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And I think it's so important to understand those who criticize lack self-confidence hmm. okay? because, and, and they're, they're envious of the mm-hmm. confidence that you're showing, you know, for those who could see me on camera today, I've got a pink polo on. I, I love this shirt. I like it. I think it looks good. I, I would agree with you, Paul. You don't need me to, but I, I will say it anyway. But at the end of the day, when I was a kid, I wore a pink shirt one time mm. and I made fun of by so many people because like, you know, whatever. Would you get that in the, in the, do they have that in a men's size? All this stuff. And it, it bothered me. I yeah. never bought a shirt for 25 years. I, found this polo and the same thing happened to me by another adult, you know, ah, did you get that in the men? You know, did they have that in the men's section? Wow. Because I knew that it didn't bother me one bit. Yeah. It's a, like if the shirt teller of uh, the wearing is something that pokes at you so much. Right. Like worth it. Like yep. if I, because I wear a white shirt or a pink shirt or a blue shirt, what's it matter? It's just yep. a, it's just a shade of a shirt. So, but I, it made me feel so good when yep. I, because I realized like, I don't have that fear or doubt or self I do in other areas, maybe <laughs> not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's a good example. It's a good example. So we're getting close here to the end of our conversation, but I, I have a couple of questions. And, and one is, um, you know, I, I love everything that you shared and I'm a huge proponent in surrounding ourselves with, with people who can teach us things, whether, and, and sometimes those are personal relationships, right? Like you and I talking now, uh, sometimes it is authors that we might read or mentor, mentors that we might look up to. Do you have, uh, in terms of the work that you've done in, in work life, work balance, or personal development, do you have preferred t- books or specific authors that you, or mentors that you pay attention to or that you read or that you watch or listen to that you might be willing to share? I, I tell you, there's a, a few different, um, I've always listened to podcasts. Yeah. And I think Lewis Howes does an amazing job mm-hmm is on just bringing on different thought provokers. And at the end of the day, my goal is to challenge why, why do we do this? Do I have to do this? Is this like, is there a rule? Um, And not to be, you know, against the rules or anything like that of society, but to kind of say, wait a minute, like, have I personally given this an ounce of thought? Right. very blessed. I've had, um, I invested in two different coaches along this journey of mine and they both taught me how to challenge the right way. Right. In quotes, you know, what is, well, you have to do this. You have to do this. Okay. Well, do you? And it's something I've thought quite honestly and challenged that probably to an annoying point for the adults in my life as a kid, but I was always the kid that said, why? Yeah. Like why to do that? Especially as a, as a young adult, like, or, you know, as a high school kid, not in a disrespectful way. I tried to always be respectful, but like, I wanted to understand why are you asking me to do this worksheet when I have a 
106% in the class and I've already got accepted to college. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And, yeah. and same concept when it comes to work. I, my first job, you know, you had to be there from nine to five. And people didn't do anything. <laughs> they literally read the news and they, yeah. they, whatever. It was like, why? Well, you just have to. Right. Well, okay. But can somebody understand, like, help me understand why we're doing what we're doing. Right. So, you know, those are the the mentors. You know, I always think of the the people that helped me along my way. My dad is a single dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, for much of my life. And he taught me so much and taught me how to be, to expect more of myself. Mm. He doesn't always agree with my philosophies on things. We butt heads on a lot of this stuff, Yeah, but he always taught me, you know, I remember, you know, I failed a test and he said, I, and I said, well, everybody else failed the test and kind of, started to walk away. He goes, that's fine. Uh, you're not everybody else's son. You don't fail tests. Mm. Yeah. Stuck with this day. So, yeah. you know, those would be kind of the mentors and the things I listen to. I always am trying to, to learn and grow and probably to an annoying end of my fiance where I'm like, Ooh, we should do this. We should do try this. Uh, so. That's good. Uh, well, it's always about being a student. And I love the story from your dad about the test. You know, it's about elevating the expectations for ourselves, right? And not letting ourselves get away unnecessarily by living lower than what expectations we should have. So that's good. Um, a question I ask everybody, and I'll ask you the same, and you've already given a whole lot of wisdom here, but in terms of in your personal or professional life, going back to life work balance, what are some of maybe the top lessons that you've learned, you know, during, during your career, even prior to being, you know, a business and success coach um, could be from school, could be from your work with the YMCA, could be, you know, your work as a, as a coach, but top lessons learned, however you want to share those. Yeah, I would say there's a couple that come to mind. I think number one, and most importantly, you have to be to, to create authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. I think that everything we do is about the people we get to encounter and the people that we can pick up the phone when we need somebody or vice versa. And I've been so blessed to be able to meet so many people that that truly have taught me so much along the way and, and helped me when I wasn't even sure they were helping me. Um, number two, I think is to, I've said this, but to make sure that you're putting the priorities in the right order and that you're putting the, your life first to ensure that you're your most valuable when you're at work or in creating whatever you're doing. And then number three is a perfect segue to that. Create, create. So I had ideas floating in my head for a podcast for probably 10 years. And I wasn't a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Would want, who would want to listen to me? And then writing, same thing. I'm not a writer. I don't know how to write. Well, all of those things were false. I know how to talk. <laughs> I have ideas that some people might like, some people might not. Mm-hmm. And then writing, I mean, I know how to write a sentence. Now, how to make it thought-provoking and things like that. Well, you get better at that by writing. Right. So, you know, I, I think that the when we limit ourselves and we don't take the chance on ourselves, then there's never going to be a right time. I was just talking to somebody yesterday and people, let's say might be able to relate, but you know, I, I said to him, well, why don't you, he's very unhappy with his current job and life, honestly. And uh, he said, well, you know, I, I can't, I'm, I got kids. I got family. I can't do this now. 
And I said, well, what if you started something on the side? What if you started the side business and put some time? You don't have to put 100 hours a day, but an hour a week. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You could start something. It might take longer this route, but it might not. It might be really good if you provide a valuable service. And he said, you know, and this is where it pretty much ended, honestly. He goes, in this economy, and I, I, I chuckled a little bit because there is never going to be a great time. Yeah. If you if you look at somebody, there's it's written, I'll paraphrase it, but somebody that was born in 1910, they went through World War One by before they graduated. Yeah. Then had the Great Depression before they turned 30. Yeah. And things are going well, things are going really well. Then they have World War II, yeah. Korea, uh, Cuban Missile Pride, all of these things, you know, right. in our lifetimes, we've had. 9-11 right. and the housing crisis and the financial crisis and COVID. And there yeah. is no right time. And when you think there is a right time, there might not be. One yeah. of the, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I believe one of the best times to invest in, in the stock market would have been somewhere around March 1st of 2020. <laughs> March 20th, it probably wouldn't have been a good, good thing to be involved in. And I don't yeah. have the dates but the point being that we don't know what's ahead of us yeah but if you take the shot if you do what deep down in you feels that you can do and you do it for the right reasons to help and make others lives better you have to follow that yeah and owe it to yourself the reality is if it quote unquote fails you can go back to doing whatever you were doing before or something different or something different. You at That's least the reality that we face where we think that everything is so all or nothing. Yeah. It's not the case. It, uh, it, it, that's huge. And uh, I'll even use the word profound. And the reason I say that is I'm thinking back to some of the things that have held me back. We talked about fear, um, fear of failure, fear of success. What do you, I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, I don't remember in what context, um, but the question that circled around in my brain was, what are you going to fear most later? Are you going to, are you going to, let, let's say you try something and fail. Okay. So you tried it and you failed. Your, that, that fear of failure came true in that instance. First of all, that doesn't dictate everything else in your life. It happens to be true in that instance. Let's say you try it and you succeed. Well, you achieved your goal and whatever the consequences, good, bad, or indifferent are, you, you hopefully are happy with the, with the result that you achieved your goal. So that's good. And then I was saying the alternative is not to try. The alternative is not to take your shot, right? Not to take that chance to, to always have an excuse or say it's not the right time or whatever. And the realization came to me is it's not that you're afraid. It, it, apparently, you're afraid more of choosing to act and to attempt, you're afraid more to try than you are of the other. And that's what's keeping you back. Um, and so I think that's, um, it's just about comparing, right? What are you gonna regret more? Are you gonna regret the fact that you tried it and failed? Or are you gonna regret that you never even tried? And I think the regret that you never even tried, when I, when I do that thought experiment in my brain, the regret of not trying is far bigger than the regret of trying and failing, right? Well, and I think like we touched on ego, mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. If you, if you don't try, then you can never fail. And you can always tell yourself and your friends and whoever else, I could have done that. I might do that someday. When, you know, when, when things settle down, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll do it. One of these days, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Versus doing it. And yeah. you, know, you know what's amazing about all of it? Everybody fears the one person or the group of people that are going to say, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. Or, you stink at this. You know what actually happens? Normally, they don't say much. But deep down, someday, down the road, they come to you and go, hey, how'd you get this started? Yeah. 
normally in a private conversation. It's normally yeah. not a group setting right. because they don't want because they have the sudden, same they have the same fear you have. Yeah. All of a sudden, if they did it in a group session, somebody would go, wait a minute, they're not perfect. That's mine. That's what they're thinking. But here's the reality. People, people that are growing can see other people that aren't growing. Yeah. See it. It's 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 kind of like when you put on 20 pounds. You can say that you haven't put on weight. <laughs> we can kind of see it. I don't it. know. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great note. It's a great note. Listen, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you carving out the time and, and sharing uh, all this information. I've got three pages of notes here in front of me. Okay. If someone wants to learn more about your work, if they want to check out the podcast, if they have a client maybe to refer to you, or if they might be interested in working with you, what's the best way for someone to you know engage with you, find out more? Yeah. So LinkedIn is going to be the best place to find me. Finally, see you L-E-Y. And then... Um, the podcast is anywhere you can find podcasts, um, Apple, Spotify, all of it. Uh, we, we have a guest on normally every week and we really try to hit on different topics that, that really involve life and work. So yeah. um, it's, it's a lot of fun. We've met so many interesting people and had so many good conversations. It's just a blast. Like you said, I normally end every conversation with a page of notes or new ideas or I've learned something. It's just, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, but you know, those are the best places to find me. I'd be happy to talk with, with you. If you're, if you're out there and you're listening to anything that I said today resonated and you know what, in, in the short of it, it's not really about me at all. If I believe everybody needs somebody to help mm. them, somebody that's unattached to the outcome that, that is, is somebody that you've got some skin in the game. You've got to have some skin in the game to grow. Yep. You've got to grow. But, you know, even if it's not me, if it's you're looking for something different, reach out to me. I have a really good group of people in my network that that can help. And uh, that's the goal. You have to be able to tear down the ego, be humble, and know that you want something better than what you've got right now. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, listen, thank you again, Paul. Uh, look forward to staying in touch and appreciate your time today. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks, Scott. Awesome. For Consulting with Authority, this is Scott Cantrell, as always, wishing you the best of success. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects, and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects, visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete the short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high-value clients. Until next time, Make sure you are consulting with authority.